0: Welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm Keandra, your host, and I'm excited to join you today. A little pre-warning, I have not been very well. I have come back from India about a couple of days ago now, and I got really sick over there. I got some horrible stomach bug. So apologies if this episode is a little bit lack of energy. I have been pretty poorly, but the show must go on. On and I don't want to leave you without an episode, but I just wanted to put a little warning there before we start, just in case you're like, huh, ah, she's not got a lot of energy today. You know why. But hopefully, I'll be in good spirits soon. So please send your love and prayers, and I will be fighting fit soon. In today's episode I am going to be touching on a topic that I get a lot of questions about and it's the feeling that people get when they don't feel sick enough for recovery or sick enough for treatment and especially if you're being invalidated about your eating disorder and by other treatment professionals that may make you feel not sick enough to have an eating disorder and what you do about it. So I really hope this episode is useful to you. I have so many questions over on my Instagram, Flourish with Kiandra about it, The time. And I just want to make you feel a little bit less alone in that feeling because it's all too common. So it doesn't really matter what stage of an eating disorder you're in, whether you've never been formally diagnosed with an eating disorder or are currently in eating disorder treatment, or if you've been in recovery for years, at some point you've probably said to yourself, I'm not sick enough. To have an eating disorder, my eating disorder isn 't severe enough to have a problem i 'm not sick enough to get better i 'm not deserving of treatment because I'm not x, y, and Z. And this is known as feeling invalid about your eating disorder. Well, for me, I felt like that completely. I felt that feeling of never feeling sick enough to be able to recover, but in reality it's so so unreal because there never is any sick enough. Fact is, that I wanted to be sick enough was a sign that I was sick enough in itself. No one should want to be in danger of dying and no one should want to be unhealthy. A healthy person doesn't want to be sick enough. So first, no matter what anyone thinks or whether you have a formal eating disorder diagnosis or your physical state, your eating disorder is a serious life-threatening illness. You are valid and you deserve recovery. I just want to point that out in the beginning because I think that's really important. The real reason why people feel invalid, it's about the look. And I hate it because everyone's like, well, eating disorders have a look. Well, that's not true. And one of the biggest barriers to admitting to and receiving treatment from eating disorder is the idea that eating disorders do have a look. Specifically, the young, white, thin girl that the media has painted as the eating disorder standard. But this standard exists in all areas of life. So let's think about how the eating disorder look is invalidating in daily life. When a person with an eating disorder does not look severely underweight, and let's be honest, the majority of those with an eating disorder presents as a normal weight or even overweight. It's less than 4% of people are underweight with an eating disorder. So it's easy for people to assume that their eating disorder isn't real because they don't fit a stereotype. But it doesn't even really fit. So many people who've developed an eating disorder at a normal or above average weight have these kind of experiences. So number one, if your eating disorder results in weight loss, you're praised for losing weight. Despite the dangerous methods you have used to lose weight, you are still rewarded. So it's that kind of, you've got the cost benefit analysis there. The cost is you're using dangerous methods. The benefit is you're getting reinforcement positively from others who are saying that you've done well from losing weight. And then there's the scenario number two. If you try and ask for help, others might not believe you. I mean, I feel like we've all been there. When I first was diagnosed at around 13 or first went to the doctors, my mum took me because she was extremely unhappy about maybe my health and the way that I was carrying myself through life because I wasn't eating enough. I was not engaging in things as I used to. But a little bit of a side note, I used to be extremely overweight and that I will go into when I go into my story, but I was a very overweight child. And so when I'd lost a lot of weight, I still actually fit within a normal weight bracket. Now I know for the NHS, so the National Health Service in the UK, they used to use weight as an indicator for health. And I think this still is relevant, although some changes have been made in the UK about the diagnostic criteria for having anorexia or restrictive eating disorder. But I know I felt invalidated because they turned me away at that point. And when they turned me away, that was a big signal that I wasn't sick enough, when in reality, I'd already lost a significant amount of weight and I was experiencing the effects of a really life-threatening eating disorder. So, They left me another month or two and I'd got to a significantly low weight. But because I felt invalidated by treatment professionals, I needed to get to that point to do so and feel validated. I feel that's very wrong, but unfortunately it's the case for many individuals. And scenario three... If you speak about your disordered behaviours and there's fat phobia involved, you might be praised for using dangerous methods to use weight, even if it's a known fact that you're showing signs of a serious mental illness, like an eating disorder is. If others don't recognise that you have a problem, it's really hard to believe you actually have one. I don't know if you can reflect on your own experiences, and I'll let you have a little think now, about maybe how you felt invalidated by treatment professionals. You know, how... Maybe that you've not been able to get the treatment that you deserve and require because you weren't, in quote unquote, thin enough or bad enough for help or treatment. You know, even after I decided to start recovering, I was left feeling like I wasn't sick enough to recover. But Because what exactly was I recovering from? Part of me wanted to get worse before I could allow myself to get better. And then years into recovery, I found myself wanting to engage in behaviours purely because I was ached to be sick again. I sat down a lot of times and asked myself, why? Why did I want to be sick? And I found the answer was the undeniable need to be sick enough for recovery and sick enough to be taken seriously. So how does the diagnostic criteria of eating disorders become invalidating? So anyone, no matter your shape, size or background, can develop an eating disorder. It would make sense to assume that the DSM-5, so the handbook listing what qualifies or can be identified as an eating disorder, would reflect the fact. However... We couldn't be more wrong. The DSM-5 largely bases the severity of an eating disorder, which is a mental illness that may result in physical illness or physical features. Specifically, the DSM focuses on weight, not the mental aspects. So if you do not reach a low weight criteria for an eating disorder and we're talking specifically here for anorexia as this type of eating disorder very much focuses on weight as an important factor then you are diagnosed with atypical anorexia or eating disorder not otherwise specified which in itself can feel quite invalidating because you're like I'm bad but not bad enough. And because you might not fit neatly into one signal diagnosis or you don't have a definitive label attached to your medical records, you may not believe that you are worthy of the same treatment as others. You may not recognize yourself as having an eating disorder at all. I was in some respects lucky because when I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed with one illness, but it's not luck. I made myself even worse to ensure that I fit neatly within this criteria, which was an eating disorder behavior in itself. You know, fitting into that perfectionist mindset of, I will be sick enough to be taken seriously. I will be the best. I will be the sickest. But like, what even is that? So I want to move on to thinking about how does the treatment setting itself make you feel not sick enough? So if we're talking specifically about the US, insurance coverage, which affects how long patients are in a certain level of care, is also heavily focused on physical factors like weight and vital signs. So it's a common practice for insurance companies to discontinue coverage for residential and partial hospitalisation programmes when you reach a certain weight. They do this even when you still need a high level of support. And so for the UK specifically, I know a lot of times that you only get a specific amount of care if you are a certain weight or you're deemed as sick enough or uh, medically unstable, which a lot of the time comes with losing weight or being at a low weight, when in fact you might be struggling as much as others, even though you are, I suppose, invalidated of treatment or kicked out of treatment early as you would find in the US from the PHP programs and insurance companies kicking one out if you got to a certain weight. And related, there are so many consequences of weight stigma both in treatment setting and in daily life. I know for myself when I was overweight and when I was going through the first stages of my eating disorder, I was obviously overweight or in a bigger body and I knew full well that the behaviors I was using to lose weight weren't healthy people were praising me and also a lot of people were actually teasing me for even making i suppose a comment that i could have an eating disorder it's like well no she can't have an eating disorder because you're in a normal body or you can't have an eating disorder because you're overweight so it makes you feel invalidated but i also found that there was a competitive nature of my eating disorder especially in the treatment setting and i'm going to draw upon my experience here in inpatient so I know that not everyone goes to inpatient and you don't need to go to inpatient to be sick enough. I just want to point that out. It was just a very important part in my recovery journey that I needed to be in that setting to get better. This was many years ago, about 10 now, and I was in an inpatient setting for an amount of time to help me rehabilitate and get better. It did really help me. But again, I will go into that in more detail when I go through my story and my own recovery journey. But I found that the competitive nature of eating disorders is also invalidating in the treatment setting. So many people with eating disorders do know that they're dealing with a mental illness, but they still seek validation through a physical body. I feel like that's part of the mental illness though. So when everyone around you is dealing with an eating disorder, almost everyone is comparing. And I mean that, you're comparing everything. It's common to base the severity of your eating disorder on those around you. If you are thinner than someone else, then you're sicker than them. If you are not, then you're not sick enough. And again, this bleeds out into the social media sphere and the recovery community because a lot of time people post very triggering pictures of their body checks and their physical Appearance in order to gain some sort of recognition for their body type. And although I might get some stick from saying this, but it's true. People that post pictures of their lowest weights or pictures of them while they're severely emaciated with their eating disorder and struggling are a lot of the time doing it to feel validation from others or feel validation from themselves that they are sick enough. And a lot of the time they aren't even engaging in recovery at this point. And while a lot of the time, staff at these treatment facilities know that eating disorders are mental illnesses. Many therapists and dieticians take some individuals more seriously or less seriously than others. And dieticians in particular do focus on a lot of the physical side effects of eating disorders and they may prescribe smaller meal plans to people in larger bodies. But don't you feel like that's wrong because a person is a person. We shouldn't control people's weight or even their recovery plan just because they have a certain weight. If you've been restricting for an amount of time and your body is depleted, you should be allowed to have the same nutrition as somebody else. And I don't know if I'm, you know, unique in my opinion of that, but I feel like everyone should be taken at face value. It doesn't matter about their weight, it matters about their mindset towards their recovery and their mindset towards their eating disorder. So a lot of the times in these situations, even if you've gone to extreme lengths to reach your current weight, you are not given a weight restoration plan. You're not seen as somebody sick enough to need to gain weight if you're in a bigger body, which is wrong. And if you're on a smaller meal plan than everyone else, the comparison happens again during meal times. And in those moments, you start to wonder whether you're supposed to be in treatment at all. I know I found the competitive nature of inpatient extremely triggering and I ended up leaving it at a point because it wasn't helpful for me anymore and that's not necessarily because I felt like I was sick enough. I always knew that I was sick enough for treatment and that's why I, I needed to go to inpatient at some point because I was like I need somebody to help. I know I'm ready to recover but I don't know how. But I did find at some point that the comparative nature of treatment was the one thing that was keeping my eating disorder going. And that vicious cycle was only going to get greater and worse if I stayed. So what are a few possible explanations that we can talk about that may increase your feelings of feeling not sick enough? So I'm going to go through a final three and then what can you do about it? So, firstly, like I said, eating disorders are often glamorized or trivialized in the media. So, you know, that white woman stereotype, leading individuals to believe that their symptoms are not severe enough to warrant treatment. There's a lot of documentaries out there and films that glorify eating disorders or even put them on a pedestal for being a specific stereotype. But it's really important to remember that eating disorders come in all shapes and sizes. And even if you don't meet all the diagnostic criteria, you're definitely going to benefit from treatment and support. Secondly... It's common for individuals with eating disorders to have a distorted sense of their own bodies and behaviours. You'll know full well when you look in a mirror, a lot of the time you'll have a distorted reflection come back compared to somebody else's opinion of you. So this is the same to assessing your severity of an eating disorder. So it can make it incredibly difficult to accurately assess your own symptoms and can contribute to the feelings of not being sick enough because you're only comparing yourself with yourself. Sick enough for what? And that is where it comes into thinking about thoughts and facts. And that's what one of the tips that I'll give you about feeling invalidated or not sick enough is actually trying to draw upon what are the facts and what are the thoughts and trying to distinguish between the two. And finally, one of the last reasons why you might feel invalidated is the feelings of shame or stigma around having an eating disorder. And it can make it really hard to seek help or support As much as mental illness is something that's being talked about a lot more in society, it's something that still is a little bit taboo. People can say things that are really unhelpful. You know that, oh, well, you don't look like you have an eating disorder. Or, oh, you're eating. I didn't think those with eating disorders did eat. And it's like, well, yeah, people with eating disorders do still eat. But because of the shame and stigma and the fear of other people's judgment, it can make it hard to seek help or support. And in that fact, it's hard to feel sick enough because of the judgment and the shame from others. It's just really important to remember that your eating disorder is not a choice or a moral failing. And that seeking help is brave and a necessary step to recovery. Don't waste your time becoming sick enough to get treatment because there will never be sick enough. So going on from that point, what are the consequences of feeling invalidated about your eating disorder? So when you don't see your eating disorder as a valid problem or think you're not sick enough to need help, you may not ever ask for it as mentioned. So this is a very common thing to happen to a lot of people. I know a lot of clients have waited a long time before reaching out for support. So please know that you're not alone if you don't immediately seek help for your eating disorder. But waiting to fit the look of an eating disorder has dangerous consequences. You continue to engage in behaviors to achieve the look of an eating disorder. And in many cases, people do this just to be seen as somebody with problems surrounding food. Secondly, eating disorders of all kinds adversely affect your body and it becomes more damaged the longer you engage in eating disorder behaviors. Number three, the longer you engage in behaviors, the harder it will be to stop. We know that habits are hard to break, and this is what you do when you're recovering from an eating disorder. You're rewiring your brain. You're rewiring the part of you that is doing all these disordered behaviors and replace them with healthier behaviors. But the longer you engage in unhealthy behaviors, we know the harder it will be to stop. So the quicker you stop it, the easier it will be to recover. Next, as your eating disorder takes over, there's no space in it for other things, And many people eventually need to leave work, school, special events like holidays to seek a high level of care and end up in a high level of care for a longer period of time. You're missing out on vital time. Life is a journey and life has many years in it, but you don't want to waste them being sick. You want to fill them with memories and amazing food and doing things that you love in the world. And lastly, the eating disorder voice over time will take over and your own voice will grow smaller. And please don't allow that to happen because your voice is beautiful and your voice deserves to be heard. The eating disorder voice is ugly. It rears its head to make you feel bad about yourself, but you don't deserve to feel bad about yourself. So I want to finish on what can you do when you feel like you're not sick enough and feel invalidated? I'm going to say these things and I want you to, even if you want to put this on repeat or say them to yourself again and again, they can really help when you feel invalidated. So I'm going to go through them now. So number one, eating disorders are a mental illness, not a physical one. How I look does not reflect my mental state. Number two, no matter my formal diagnosis, any eating disorder is severe, dangerous and life-threatening. Number three, I don't need a formal diagnosis to have an eating disorder. In fact, many people with eating disorders don't have a formal diagnosis go through treatment or have a dramatic eating disorder story. So I don't need one either. And lastly, I deserve recovery as much as anyone else and I won't let my eating disorder take over and make me feel otherwise. So those four statements can really help when you feel invalidated and put them on repeat or say them to yourself and it can help concrete the fact that you are sick enough. And then what actions can you do when you don't feel sick enough? Firstly, you can find somebody who believes in you when you tell them about your eating disorder and just lean on them when you need to. So it's like having a mentor, a close friend, a family member. Talk to them. Talk to them about how you feel Gain some positive reinforcement about your behaviors, about your feelings, and it will make you feel better. It's okay to speak up and seek help and ask others for help when you need it. It doesn't mean you're weak. Next, speak to your treatment team, only if you have one. Obviously, like we mentioned, it doesn't matter if you don't have a treatment team. Obviously, it's beneficial to have one when you're going through an eating disorder, especially when you're recovery. But if you have one, do talk to them. Talk to them about your feelings. Share your worries and express things, and they might be able to help. Next, if you don't have an established treatment team, which is okay, it doesn't matter, you can seek help from a therapist or a coach like me. As mentioned over, I have an eating Disorder Recovery Instagram, Flourish with Kiandra. I offer eating Disorder Recovery coaching services and I've seen many individuals benefit from coaching because it helps them feel less invalidated and feeling like they are sick enough to recover even if they have been invalidated by treatment teams. And Next, be an advocate for yourself when you feel like you're not being taken seriously in a treatment setting. If you know that you need more time at a higher level of care, work with your treatment team to try and get that sorted. You know, if you're in the US, speak with your insurance company. Be your own advocate, fight for your treatment, fight for the reasons why you should stay. And if you're in the UK, you can do the same. And any other place in the world, you can do the same. Fight for your treatment, fight for what you deserve. Believe in yourself and believe in what you're worth because you are sick enough and you are sick enough now. Next. So write down on sticky notes all the reasons you want to recover and hang them wherever you can see them. I also recommend to my clients that they can make their own placemats. So for when you're eating dinner or lunch or any meal, having a placemat that reminds you of why you're recovering can really help in your recovery journey. It's that positive reinforcement at all times, helping you to guide on that journey of recovery and knowing that you're on the right path. And lastly, read stories about others who've recovered from an eating disorder at a normal or above average weight. Remember, you are not the only one who's felt like this. There's a lot of accounts on Instagram that promote recovery at a higher weight. There's blogs out there and books that bring to light all of these fears and these feelings that you might be experiencing. So just remember, no matter what you look like or what anyone else around you believes, if you constantly have disordered thoughts or behavior when it comes to food, you do have a valid eating disorder and you deserve recovery as much as anyone else. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise and make sure you get the support that you need. So I really hope that you found this episode useful. I just wanted to bring to light maybe some of the feelings that you're experiencing and that you're not alone and that you're going to get there. I felt a lot of the feelings that you're feeling during my own eating disorder, feeling invalidated and actually making myself sicker. But in hindsight, I wish I'd not done that. I wish I'd believed in myself and been able to take that first step on my own and not wasted precious time just remember that you are going to get there no matter what you might feel you are going to get there I want to just say thank you for everyone who has been submitting questions to the podcast. It has been extremely refreshing to hear some of the questions you have and some of the lovely feedback that you have been giving me. But I wanted to draw upon one question today, and it was a question on how to deal with triggering comments by your friends or family. And I think the first thing here is to think about the boundaries you have in place. It's really important to have your own boundaries and the things that you are okay to hear and things that you are not okay to hear. And then speak up to them. Don't be scared to tell others that you don't like what they're saying. So for instance, if a a family member made a comment about what you're eating, politely but firmly say, please don't make any comments about what I'm eating. I just don't appreciate it and then leave the situation. Or if you can't leave the situation, just sit there. You've acknowledged what you feel. You've shared your opinions and you've shared your comments and leave it at that. It gives you power and strength to know that you are not going to take this comment seriously. You are not going to let it affect you and you are going to stand your ground against the eating disorder. You are not going to let others trigger you. Unfortunately in society and from family we can easily get triggered but knowing when you have the boundaries in place can help in that journey. There's a lot of other ways that can help when you are triggered by family members and that will be a future episode but creating boundaries and actually speaking up is one of the first things that can help in that. As mentioned, if you want your own question answered, please make sure to submit it on my website. I'll put the link below. So that is Flourish with Kiandra slash podcast. And you, should, you can submit a question there. That also might be answered in the monthly newsletter as well. So if you are not subscribed to my newsletter, you can do that on my website too. I just want to conclude by saying, if you're not feeling sick enough eating disorder, recovery it is a common experience but it's important to remember that eating disorders come in all shapes and sizes and whether you're experiencing mild or severe symptoms seeking help and support is an important step towards recovery so thank you so much to listening to recover to flourish today with your host me kiandra i'm just so grateful for all of you and let me know if you have any questions or concerns or comments and feel free to reach out to me via social media or email So until next time, take care and love to you all.